Today's episode is focused on business risk and cybersecurity. This is an area that many of the C-level executives are concerned about. The cybersecurity threats were already high before the COVID-19 pandemic. And with majority of corporate employees working remotely, the cyber threat landscape expanded dramatically. Even though remote workers were using VPN to access corporate assets, the devices may have been infected since they were being used in less secure home environments. During the last few weeks, we may have been lulled by the illusion that the cyber incidents have stabilized. Did they? Or is it the calm before impending storm or the second wave? The second wave of cyber threats is expected to materialize as the compromised laptops of the returning remote workers are connected directly into the corporate networks. According to the article in March 19, 2020 issue of The Hill, consider that the carefully collected VPN exploits have put hackers in a prime position to slip into corporate networks, sliding past technicians distracted by keeping the avalanche of new users simultaneously logged in. What is unknown about the second wave of hacking is whether it will be conducted with an eye towards reaping rich economic rewards or causing even more pain to the American economy. Today, I'll be speaking with Chris Nyhuis. Chris is the founder and CEO of Vigilant, a next generation cybersecurity technology and managed security company that specializes in identifying, isolating, and mitigating threats with unprecedented precision. It uses both managed endpoint protection, which prevents outside threats, and a cyber DNA distributed network of passive security sensors that detect threats inside the network perimeter. Vigilant, a Cincinnati, Ohio company, was founded in 2010 with a mission to defend the vulnerable, and it directs 25% of its revenues toward international orphan, foster care, and anti child trafficking organizations. So, so Chris, uh, let's dive in and discuss what are the sec what, do, what do you describe as the second wave of new cybersecurity challenges that the CXOs of companies face as they're moving the employees back into the offices and how can they mitigate those risks? Right, so let me explain that second wave. We'll go to our, our screen here. Uh, what, it, what it basically, you know, if you look at this timeline of events that, that took place, you had this white line is, you know, going from very minimal work from home to almost immediate overnight work from home. Uh, what you saw in a lot of cases is most companies weren't prepared for that. And so they were buying laptops and desktops on Craigslist or Best Buy, and they were handing them in the hands of their employees and they were running home and they said, hey, turn them on, we'll get you connected to VPN and we'll get you set up later. And so what's happened since that time frame is IT staffs have been just, you know, pedal to the metal, trying to get these employees connected and working. And you saw this really massive increase literally overnight. I mean, look at some of these uh, collaboration tools like Zoom, went from 20 million users to 200 million users yes. in one week. I mean, that's crazy. So you saw this massive increase. Well. 
when you look at what threats, threat actors are doing, what hackers are doing, they're always going after that soft target. So when that user was inside your environment, that's their entry point. That's where they're trying to go after. Now that user's outside of your environment and they started attacking there. And what they were doing at the very beginning, you saw a steep increase of visible attacks, which what they were doing was they were going after soft targets to try to get into those systems and then come across VPN or remote desktop or things like that into companies' environments. And they were doing that. You saw things in the news. You saw companies report that. They were getting into companies' environments pretty quickly. And that's what you see here with this pink line. And then it just started stopping. Well, whenever a threat actor does something that just starts stopping, you have to ask yourself why, right? Why are they stepping back? Why are they changing? And in this case, it's because they had pretty much, you know, gone through all of the soft targets. But what they, what they did next was pretty ingenious, right? And what they're doing right now is they've positioned themselves on these soft targets. So as users start to come back into the office, this white line, and they enter your office, they're going to enter your office with an attacker having control of that system. And as soon as that system turns on in your environment right here, well, then the visible attack is going to attack again. The problem is most companies build their urgency of cybersecurity around what they see visibly. So right around this time frame as well, you saw companies start to say, you know what? I don't need to focus on cybersecurity as much again. You know, right in this area, they were focusing on it like crazy, but then it waned, right? But the thing with threat actors, and we'll talk about this today, is that they stay pretty constant. They're always there. And we can't let what we see visibly affect our strategy in defending ourselves against them, because if not, we get to this point. And, um, and this is our danger zone that we have right now. So, so that's great. That's a great explanation, Chris. Uh, so what uh, have the hackers been after? Got it. So, you know, when we think of hackers and hacking, we generally, our minds go straight to data. And we think, oh, they're after data. In a lot of cases, that's still true. The thing is, though, is that hacking is very similar to business, right? I mean, they're after money. And what they're doing is they're going and stealing that data so they can then resell it. Well, let's face it, after years and years and over de- you know, a few decades of stealing data, the amount of, of data that's out there has been stolen multiple times and sold multiple times. And so the cost of that drops. So the return on their investment of their time is much, much lower. You know, they can spend six months getting a data set that has a tenth of the cost or th- that they can sell it for now but the same amount of time that it took to get it. So the return on investment is lower. They're business people, they're very intelligent and they're smart. So what they're after, what they've changed is this this approach to attacks and they're actually entering companies' environments, manually moving so they can come underneath all the security detection that's out there in most companies. Not all of the security detection, but in most cases what organizations have deployed. And their goal is to get in and slowly and methodically take over areas of the customer's environment so then they can take down your entire company in a second. And if you've watched a lot of these attacks, you know, that have been out there, the Equifaxes, the Targets, the bigger attack, you know, these big attacks that are in the news, and even some of the small ones, 
you know, threat actors are in these environments for eight, nine months, some cases four years. You know, the breaches that happen started well before this visible identification of it, right? Very interesting. So we're going to see lot exponential growth in those breaches once people oh. start coming back into the office. One hundred percent. And and in these cases, I mean, hackers are are coming in, dismantling a company, shutting it down, right? And and they've got and that's what they're doing right now. They've got time. Yeah. They're they're in people's environments. They're watching. They're waiting, uh, and they're identifying uh, what you need to operate as a business, and then. Eventually, they're just going to shut you down, and they're going to ask for $6 million, $10 million, $20 million, depending on the size of your organization. And they're also going to know what you can pay because when they're in your environment, a lot of cases, they're going to your file servers. They're reading your financial documentation. They're reading your, your budgets and your forecasts, and they understand those, and they come back with numbers they know you can pay. Yeah. And you have to then make a decision. Do we pay them or, you know, and turn our company back up? Or do we not pay them and go out of business? Uh, the question for you, though, is, as a, as a consumer, is that you have to realize is that just because you pay them doesn't mean they're going to turn you back up. They don't have to. And they don't have to have a good reputation around it because they own, they, at that point, they own your company. And you're really buying it back from them. Wow. So, so what steps can companies take now to be proactive and prevent this from happening? Yeah, so the first thing is, is realizing that you have time on your side, right? Uh, you know, we talked about this curve right now, you know, attackers have positioned themselves. And, and so now the time between now and when your employees come back to the office with their laptops is in your control. So you're able to do some things right now and, 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 Balance that with bringing employees back in in order to protect yourself well. So realize you're in control of time. Now, if a threat actor is already in your environment, if they got in on that first wave, well, time is, is against you now, right? And we'll talk about that here in a minute too, what you can do there. But time's against you. And so in both aspects, it involves time. One, you're in control and one, you're not. Uh, but we have some action steps that you can take in both. Now, in the first set, you know, of you know, where we're focusing on systems that are outside of your environment right now. They're work from home systems uh, where, th where attackers are potentially on. That Trojan horse idea to where they'll bring that threat actor back into your environment. In that case, what you want to do first, again, realize you have time. Don't rush to bring those, those team members back. If they're effective, if they're efficient, they're doing what they're doing at home, you have some time to, to trickle them back in and take advantage of that time. Use that strategically to do these next steps. So the first step is look at the way that your users are currently connecting. Now, most companies out there are using traditional VPNs to communicate to their environment. They have, in a lot of cases, turned on what's called split tunneling. And so what that does is when split tunneling is on, it segments or separates the traffic from your, your user's machine so that all the traffic bound when they connect to the VPN bound for your company goes across the VPN. 
and then all the traffic bound for the internet or local systems or whatever else they're doing outside of your organization, if they're going to Google or uh, reading a website, news site or whatever, all of that goes out their local interconnection. Now, the reason a lot of companies move to that is because when you have split tunneling turned off, that means all of your traffic goes across your VPN, including any internet traffic that that user does or anything else goes across that and towards your corporate network. Why people turn, you know, go away from that, why they turn split tunneling on to split that traffic is because they don't feel they have enough bandwidth going into their locations to handle the load from all of their users. And so they turn that on so it splits that and minimizes the bandwidth. Mm -hmm. Why that's not a good idea strategically when you're dealing with security threats, you know, it may lower your bandwidth, but a, a security threat, if they're controlling that system, that means the remote traffic that they're using to control that system will go across that user's local internet traffic and you'll never see that control traffic, right? You'll only see their traffic going across your VPN. Why that's dangerous is once your users connect to the VPN, the attacker can come across that control traffic, then across your VPN and do anything just as if they were that user. So at that point, anything that user authenticates to or goes to in your environment, that threat actor will have access to um, in your infrastructure. And what they'll do is they'll move across that VPN, reposition themselves in your environment, and then create new control traffic going out from your environment back to them, and then they discard your user, right, as the entry point. So it's, for them, it's about moving through uh, an environment. Um, so, yeah, so that, so that first thing is turn off split tunneling because then it forces that traffic to come through and it allows you to be able to see the attacker. It helps you gain visibility over what's happening and it helps minimize the amount of systems that you have to verify. Um, now, back to bandwidth, if you're concerned about bandwidth being your problem, simply increase your bandwidth. Reach out to your ISP, reach out to your salesperson, Re reach out to those people that help you with that. Increase your bandwidth. It's a lot less expensive to increase bandwidth than it is to pay for a breach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and by the way, when you're doing this uh, split tunneling, the user at, the home, at home is not really protected at all. When they go directly to internet, there's no such protection as they would have had if they were working from the office. So they're really exposed. Right, they're really exposed. And so, you know, by turning split tunneling on, you get to take advantage of some of the security investments you already have back at your office, opposed to just letting your user just hang out going out to the internet. Now, we'll talk about how to protect the endpoint here in a minute uh, inside of that system. But when you're doing security, it's really important to know the symptoms of, 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 a, of an attack system, both externally you know, kind of what it's doing and internally to the system. And by turning split tunneling on, you're able to see those symptoms of that device um, as it's going through your security technology, for, you know, protecting systems. <clears throat> that's, that's great, Chris. Um, actually, that brings us to my final question, which is, you know, those that are listening right now and wondering if their system has been compromised what advice do you have for them? 
Yeah, so I think that's, that's really the big thing is that in most cases, um, the security technologies you put in your organization, if, if you are wondering or, uh, or you don't know for sure if threat actors exist in your environment, then I would just contend that the technologies that you're using aren't giving you the information that you need to make decisions. Uh, security in today's world is you can deploy things in such a way in your environment and technologies that will give you confidence in the information you're getting. And so if you don't have confidence in uh, the information that you're getting, I would say that it, it would be very important, even if you're under contract with certain technologies, to go out and find something else uh, because your, your organization is absolutely at risk and that's a big problem. Um, what I would what I would do, uh, you know, in terms of protecting yourself now, if you have compromised systems, one, go back, you know, make sure you're, you're gaining visibility, make sure you're turning split tunneling off. Um, you need to make sure that you investigate all of your systems internally and verify 100% that that system doesn't have anything malicious on it. And, and I'm not just talking about running an antivirus scan because that's not going to tell you if the threat actor is there. Um, and, and the reason for that is because if you can buy antivirus, so can a threat actor. And I guarantee you that all of the widely accessible antivirus technologies that are out there are in a lab of a threat actor somewhere and they've already tested their attacks against it. So, you know, penetration tests, vulnerability assessments aren't going to uh, help you in this aspect. Uh, you need to actually have uh, either your team or an external team uh, with the proper tool sets installed in the systems. It's not hard to get technology out there installed, uh, but they need to go and, and actually investigate each one of those systems before they come into your environment. Uh, again, you have time on your side uh, before that happens, so take advantage of that time. Um, I would also say that it's not as daunting to do that as you think. You can reach out to us. We can do that very rapidly, whether you're an enterprise organization or medium-sized or small business, and help you with that. Uh, another thing is to realize that you need to get your systems up to date from a patching standpoint before you attach them to your network. As patching comes around, you need to realize as well that patching only helps you from systems uh, or from vulnerabilities that are known to the manufacturer and fixed. You know, there's a lot of vulnerabilities that are known to the manufacturer and known to the industry, but are not fixed, right? So those are still gonna be available for threat actors to use against you. And then there's a significant amount of, of vulnerabilities out there that are you know, figured out by threat actors, sold on the black market, and are not known by a manufacturer yet. However, that being said, patching your system minimizes the amount of attacks a threat actor can use against you. And the third is, you know, we've talked about turning off split tunneling. We've talked about patching your systems. We've talked about doing an, an, a security active audit against all of those systems. And I'm talking more closer to an incident response in that standpoint, but looking deeply and forensically into those systems. And then the fourth thing is, Right now, right, you know, we talked earlier about what if that threat actor during that positioning stage, that first part, has already embedded themselves inside your corporate infrastructure. What they're waiting for in most cases is the cycle that you have of backups. And so if you keep backups for six months, you can expect an attack at six months in one day. Or if it's a year, a year in one day. 
And so they're, they're waiting. And that's why I said earlier, time is against you. So you need to do an audit of your environment right now. You need to do an active audit, security audit, to make sure that there are no threat actors inside your environment right now. That's awesome, Chris. It was, um, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for joining me today. And My pleasure. really appreciate your time and look forward to our future conversations. Likewise, Arvind. Thanks for having me. I appreciate your focus on the security. Uh, it shows that you care about the people around you and the organizations you work with. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And finally, if the listeners would like to get more information relating to this podcast or find out about the special offers in this area, please go to our website, uh, www.nadescent.com forward slash vigilant. It's N-A-D-I-C-E-N-T dot com forward slash vigilant spelled as V-I-G-I-L-A-N-T. Thank you very much. Thank you.